0: Welcome to NCSY's Leading Inspired, the podcast that takes you on a transformative journey through the minds of remarkable leaders. I'm your host, Eliezer Jones, and together we'll explore the stories, insights, and wisdom of individuals who not only inspire us, but empower us to become better leaders ourselves. So buckle up, because the adventure of leadership begins right here, right now. We are here for the first lead podcast, Leading Inspired. I am here with Rabbi Micha Greenland the international director of NCSY, my boss, all of our bosses. I'm very excited to sit down with you. I'm excited to be in this role, and I'm excited to have a conversation about leadership in our organization. First of all, I know, I know we're starting to know your voice is a little hoarse because you've had an amazing simcha. Thank God.
1: Uh, just on the heels of celebrating my son's uh, wedding Shimon Greenland to Avigail Malkin, very exciting. But uh, yeah, I'll sorry talk. to the listeners and to you <laughs> that I'm a little more hoarse.
0: Sorry, than a, I'd like to be. It's good. It's a little more rock and roll. It's it's very good. So Robbie Greenland, you are you're not new to NCSY. I think what we usually call inside we call the uh, a lifer.
1: Certainly <laughs> seems that way. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I began as a as a kid in NCSY, growing up in Rochester, New York.
0: Oh, I didn't. I didn't from um, Rochester, very um, cold there. About, um, I guess that's why you came to Chicago. You like exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, cold,
1: cold Rochester led to cold Chicago. Uh, I grew up as a junior NCSY kid. Oh, wow! Um, in Congregation Beth Shalom in Rochester, New York, and really between my day school, my my parents sent me to a community day school in Rochester, and we were members of this. Orthodox synagogue, despite in those years not being completely observant ourselves, between my classmates who were observant in school and my junior NCSY involvement, that was really the I think those were the two key ingredients wow. that were responsible for a growth trajectory that that uh, that led me in many ways to uh, to Torah mitzvahs the way uh, the way we observe them today and my family as well my three younger sisters and and my parents kind of we all we all progress together on a journey that that uh, NCSY gets a lot of responsibility for.
0: That's amazing. So I was actually in West Coast as a as a teenager in NCSY and I attribute I, I wouldn't have gone to Eric if it wasn't for NCSY. There were two factors. There was um uh, the school as out was Valley Torah, but it was also it was NCSY that really inspired me to go to Eretz And I don't, I don't think I would be from today if it wasn't for NCSY. So um, I'm sure there's many stories like that within the organization. You know, uh, thank there,
1: God, there there are I mean tens of thousands throughout the Jewish community, if not sure. hundreds of thousands, and and um, and and that's um, you know it's part of why we do what we do.
0: Yeah. So first of all, thank you, thank you for uh, for giving back uh, to the organization. When did you get involved? I guess n- not as you know, a participant, but get involved um, in the organization?
1: Um, so it's funny. I, I, it was pretty seamless going from NCSYer to advisor. Um, I spent a year in Karambyavne in between, but when I came back to YU, um, I was uh, almost immediately recruited as an advisor to, uh, to Midwest NCSY, which I had moved to uh, from upstate New York during my high school years. And or your family moved to Chicago. my family moved to Skokie oh, okay. and, and when I was starting 10th grade, Skokie, Illinois and uh, suburb of Chicago. And so I had my I had my uh, um, advisor involvement, ultimately met my wife, who was also an advisor in Midwest NCSY. Amazing. Um, and we continued as advisors, even as I was in Smicha, even after we were married, even after we had our first child, Meira. Wow. Um, we continued coming to Shabbaton's in Midwest. I was at that point writing session materials, program directing for Midwest NCSY Shabbaton's, all as a volunteer. And it was when Rifki, my wife, was was pregnant with our second, the one who just got married, Shimon, wow. um, that that we said, you know, It's time to get paid. It's time. <laughs> it's time to to. Uh, it's it's actually time to leave NCSY. Oh, okay. um, I was I was um, I was finishing smicha. And got a job as a as a ninth grade Rebbe in DRS in oh, in wow. Five Towns, um, teaching on Fridays, teaching on Sundays. It didn't really lend itself to to traveling for Shabbatones, right. and, uh, and it was for that reason that that we had a tear filled departure from NCSY, only to be brought back in when uh, a year later the Midwest regional director was was moving on, and um, and I was recruited then to to uh, to come back to the region that I had. Contributed to as a volunteer, and and uh, I was hired as as a regional director. The twenty five year old, um, I didn't know much about running an organization. I knew.
0: Wait, so you uh, you went right from volunteer to regional one, director? Right from volunteer wow. to regional director. <laughs> wow. Yeah,
1: I I get sometimes get asked by uh, city directors. You know, tell me what was the progression from city director to regional director yeah. like for you? And uh, I don't have an answer right. for me, for me there wasn't a progression from city director to regional director. It effectively was, I had some of the raw skills. I sure. knew how to engage a crowd. I knew how to teach to teach teens. I really understood teens and advisors. Um, I think I understood the, the basic fundamentals of programming and how a kid can progress through the NCSY program. But I didn't know anything about um, administration, fundraising. I, I was a math major in college, so I knew I okay. knew enough to be dangerous okay. on on budgets. <laughs> yeah. Um. But but that's that was really all straight. It uh, was my first role in NCSY, formally uh, professionally.
0: I've always looked at the staff at NCSY as as you know creative people, artists, almost like there's these there's a raw talent a strong desire to uh, to uh, inspire, you know, Jewish teens. And they don't necessarily, you know, I think I've heard the term from a lot of different regional directors, a lot of like diving into the the deep end of the pool and um, hope you swim. I know there's a lot, and we'll, we'll talk about it. I know there's a lot, certainly from when I started, when you started, a lot more support um, for staff than there was when, you know, when we were starting. But that notion, I think, you know, we attract, you know, very uh, important people who care about this work very deeply. And I think that to me, it's priority one, and then hopefully they, they learn along the way and they get support along the way. Um, was there anyone when you started that was there to support you, or did you do it all on your own? Um,
1: I, I had a lot of support from lay leaders. Okay. Um, there were, there were um, local Chicago Youth Commission members who really tried to help me politically, which I, I was not politically savvy at all. Um, there was There was a fight brewing in one of the Chicago suburbs about... Oh which shul was going to be in control of NCSY in the suburb. Oh. And it was really helpful to have lay leaders who were willing to, um, to engage that issue more so than I was really accustomed or, or, or prepared to. Definitely on the fundraising front, I, I took the job with the assumption I would not have to fundraise. Right. That was actually made explicitly clear by the people who hired me. No, 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 you're not going to have to fundraise. We're hiring a fundraiser um, who will do the fundraising. Didn't have um, them. but it, no, we did hire a fundraiser, but it, 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 there are many ways I could tell this story, but the, 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 the long, the long and short of it is that my dreams for what NCSY would accomplish were greater than what could be fundraised for by one individual. Certainly also, I came to learn that people contribute more to the person whose idea it is mm-hmm. Than sure. they will to the person who is selling the idea of the person whose idea it is. Right. Um, and that was also helpful to me. We also had certainly cash flow was a motivator also of um, we're raising money, but not fast enough to pay the bills. So right. so the need to pitch in um, was, was a significant motivator also.
0: Isolating those early years. You know, if there's one or two lessons you learned, you know, the, the hard way, you know, you're really, you know, you, you did jump into the the deep end of the pool there. You know, is there anything because of that experience you've taken with you um, into you know where you are now as the international director?
1: So, I, I mean, I'll speak of a, about a success first before some of the challenges. A, a success definitely is that um, I and and I think this comes more naturally to me. I I really respected the staff I worked with. Um, I got to know each one of them what strengths they brought to the table and tried to leverage their strengths. Everybody has talent, especially people who are dedicating their lives to this sort of work. And it was really just a question of identifying what were, what were the ways that this person can most contribute, that this person could most contribute. And, um, and I, I really am proud of the fact, and I think I've tried to do that at every, um, at every stage of, of, uh, of my NCSY professional career, um, to really embrace what those what those individual strengths are and to position people for success. So I I can't say that was learned the hard way. I I, I do that more innately. Other things that were learned the hard way is I I I was a 25 year old kid who saw myself in certain respects as a um as ready to lead. Mm. Um But in in other respects, I didn't didn't take myself as seriously as I could have or should have. So I would say a lesson I learned the hard way is that I should have from day one been reaching out to the most significant community leaders in Chicago and saying, I'm a significant community leader in Chicago. I'm trying to influence the next generation of Jewish youth from across the religious spectrum and... We need to know each other. We need to be partnering. We need to be working together. Absolutely. Um, federation leadership, um, rabbinic leadership, um, the top community donors. There's no reason in the world I should have ever hesitated to build relationships, which I ultimately did build, but it took 10 or 15 years. Yeah. I could have done it from day one, picked up the phone or sent an email to the heads of, you name it, any foundation, any organization, any shul, any Mosad and and said, "I'm running NCSY. Um, it's a really important community organization. Right. We need to be working together, talking to each other, collaborating, planning, dreaming, visioning. And and my hesitation in doing so is mostly in my head. That it's like, yeah. oh, you know, this person doesn't want to hear from me. They they've been at it for 40 years, and I've been at it for 40 minutes. So um, yeah. that that's that's one thing I would say. I learned." I learned the hard way by missing opportunities that I wouldn't have missed had I had I really reached out from the get go.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of younger staff, you know, that take on leadership roles and they may not think they're good enough, you know, because of their age or their experience. And I I, I agree with you. I think that's incorrect. One, they probably are good enough. Otherwise they wouldn't have the role. That's that's one just for Absolutely. who they are. But two, they're also, you know, they're 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 representing the organization, which of course is good enough. And um, I certainly, you know, as I've gotten older, realize that Whatever age you are, we're we're all just people. We're human beings, and if we're interested in the organization, we'll have that phone call. It doesn't matter what age you are. So I definitely uh, I think that's a very important lesson for any of our staff that are taking on leadership roles, you know, at a younger age with less experience, to realize that no, no, they are good enough. In fact, they're they're great enough. And um, I guess to the other point, you know, you reminded me Rabbi Sachs talks about like how do you find meaning in your life, and, and you know how do you reach your potential? It's like it's it's one, it's knowing. You know, the things that you're interested in, the skills that you have, and then finding a need and then doing that. So that notion of you looking at staff and, you know, I, I say this to all the regional directors and all of the anyone that has a team, find what your staff is good at, what is innately good in them. You know, and connect them with, with, with something that needs to get done in the organization, and then they reach their full potential. The, the leaders that do that you know, will have a team that is supportive, a team that is successful, and a team that's extremely effective. So um, I think that's very, very important. Um, I can tell you, my own, you know, I've had a lot of bosses in my, in my day. The ones that let me, you know, let me use my talents to be successful is, is, is the jobs in which I was greatly successful. And the ones that put me in a box— you know, that that was well, I left those jobs. So that that's the that's the where that road. That went. resonates. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So take us to I guess now, you know, the international director. What got you here? What why did you did you want this role? Did you fall into this role? Did you know, tell us that story?
1: So I, I was certainly not gunning for this role. I really uh, I really loved being a regional director. Um, Midwest and I grew um, in the years that I was leading it. Um, considerably, and I felt like there was still potential for, for me to continue to, to grow it further. I, I saw that ideas that I had or needs that I saw in the community as regional director, I was in a position to address, and I felt like that was the most exciting thing about the regional director role, was to say, if I have an idea and all it takes is money and personnel to make it happen, so we can find the personnel and attract them, and we can raise the money and make it possible. That was that was exciting to me, and I imagined that I would continue to do that. Um, it, it happened to be that twelve years into my regional director career, the the role of international director of NCSY also became available, and I was I was recruited for that role. I think based on the successes that we had had in Midwest NCSY, and a lot of what excited me about it was that very same opportunity but just on a grander scale stage to think about the challenges that the Jewish community faces and to say what can be done about those challenges and to be in a position to actually influence the outcomes to say well if we have an idea all it takes is either money or or manpower woman power or both and to to make those things happen so the idea of I'm sure we'll get we'll get more to professional development but the idea of NCSY investing more in our staff was um was something that, that I was passionate about and said we can make that happen. The idea of sending more kids, public school kids in particular, to yeshiva and seminary, raising more money for scholarships to send kids to yeshiva or seminary was something that I said, we can make that happen. And um and to be in a position to actually do it was was uh was exciting. I did initially turn down the job um, <laughs> um as as uh as some of the listeners may know, I had uh, family-related cheshbonos um, about why I felt I needed to stay in Chicago, my kids' own um, education and well-being. It's a great city. It is a great city. <laughs> a great... Welcome, Eliezer, to Chicago, back to Chicago. Um, it's a fantastic city, and my kids were doing very well, and I didn't want to mess with that dynamic. Um, and it was really the the, uh, the grace of, uh, of Alan Fagan, who at the time was Youth Commission Chair of NCSY and was was just becoming um the executive vice president of the OU he went straight from one role to the next the volunteer role to the professional role who said what if you traveled and we we found some way to accommodate you doing it from chicago um so that has uh the rest is history it's now 10 years later and i'm still I'm still doing it from Chicago, where NCSY is international. NCSY is everywhere. There are advantages, I think, to doing the the job from um, from New York. They have a great
0: kitchen area. I was, I um, absolutely, totally. that's that's only one of the
1: <laughs> one of the many advantages. Listen, a lot the OU is in New York, um, at least headquarters, and a lot of our important relationships that we need to have with lay leaders, with professionals, with colleagues are in New York. It's certainly in some in those measures a liability to be elsewhere. But there's also no question that NCSY is everywhere. So right. wherever its leader is, there's going to be a need for travel no matter what. And uh, and getting to know what the organization needs and what Claudia Israel needs everywhere is really, is really, I think, first and foremost, what the responsibility of the leader is.
0: Yeah. And I, I mean, in 2023 also, being in person, one-to-one relationships and face-to-face for sure are extremely valuable. But we have learned for better or worse how to have these relationships through Zoom and you know, to be remote, and um, certainly, I think we've become much more comfortable with that. I do actually want to pinpoint, and I, I don't want to embarrass you, but just something you said. Like, you know, you didn't, you turned down the job, you weren't gunning for it. I actually think all great leaders are the ones who are not gunning for the top spot. Greatest leader of all time, Moshe Rabbeinu, most humble. Not, you know, I, I know, I'm equating you to Moshe Rabbeinu. I apologize, and um, to, but uh, I think there's a, uh, there's, there's truth to that. That the humility. Um, of Moshe Rabbeinu, like I and I'll I'll just say it. I think you know in my interactions with you, you have a humility that is um, that is inspiring. Actually, I think the fact that you're in this role, you know, makes a lot of sense. That you know, it's somebody who wasn't like I don't need to be the top person. I don't need that covered, but I care about the kids. I care about the staff. I care about the organization. So you are our Moshe Rabbeinu. So thank you, thank you for that. Um, thank <laughs> you.
1: The the uh, the NCSY way fundamental of the week is be right. humble. Oh really? Um, oh wonderful! So um, this will be know,
0: produced probably after this week. Th- th- but that, but uh, uh,
1: <laughs> I, I appreciate that. But by this by this time, the time the listeners are hearing this, yeah. they they likely uh, will have um, at least had the opportunity to hear, whether they did or not, a a uh, um, a, a short video message about uh, about humility yeah. and how I, I do see it as fundamental um, to to what we are as an organization. That if, if we're If we're going to encourage lifelong growth in teens, which is really what fundamentally, most fundamentally, the organization is about, then lifelong growth requires a a humility to be able to learn from others. Yes. Um, And I'm 47 years old and still learning. And I um, I, I think all of our staff needs to be modeling that
0: same ethos. Well, that's a great segue. You know, this is the LEAD podcast. And, you know, LEAD has been a program that's been around um, for a while. It's the, you know, leadership experience and development. Um, it's expanding this year with a partnership with the the HR department, the Orthodox Union, with uh, Josh Gottesman and, and Shai Kapitnikoff. And so very exciting. It's going to be, a, you know, it's really going to be an opportunity to expand our support for almost the entirety of our, you know, certainly our teen-facing staff. Now, on that note, you know, humility, you mentioned humility as being a tr- found foundational um, aspect of leadership, which I fully agree. If you were to, you know, pick one or two other skill, leadership skills, and there are so many, and a lot of it is sort of intrinsic, like who you are and finding out who you are so that you can lead with, you know, something, you know, very personal. But is there a skill or two that you value in yourself um, as a leader um, and you value in other people as a leader?
1: So in NCSY in particular, I think um, the first Fundamental of the NCSY way, which is live avas Yisrael, mm, yes, um, is is of paramount importance. If if you don't love other Jews, then what yeah. in the world are you doing here? Can't do this. Work. Um, you can't do this work without that without without that basic foundational value. It has to be that you you um, you you look at Klal Yisrael and you say, I I, I care about these people. Um, I care about their well-being emotionally, educationally, spiritually. that's that's what we're here to do. So, first and foremost, and I, and I think you know there are many leadership skills that that are an asset, you know, certainly charisma, um, ability to communicate. Um, those are those are helpful tools, but um but they have to be layered on top of a a deep and abiding love for every Jew. Um, and if that's if that's absent, then doesn't matter how much charisma or talent a person has, um, they're not they're not going to be able to be successful.
0: Uh, and it all starts with Stroll. So I love that, and and that is very unique. to why that you know you, if you're running Amazon.com, Javistrol is not part of their. Uh, I don't know how many they have, but uh, right, <laughs> their fundamental of the week <laughs> yeah. doesn't start with that. Um, do you, I guess either now or throughout? I mean, how many years has it been since you've been part of NCSY? Why?
1: Um, so, I mean, if you go back to my first years as a junior NCS wire, um, it's been a crazy number of years. Okay, crazy uh, number, crazy.
0: Um, so, yeah. So, the, I, have you had along the way? 36. 36. Wow, Kanai Very nice. Um, I will, you know, by the way, that's really important. I think, you know, people leave the organization like any place. When someone leaves the organization, people are like, oh, you know, they come up with all these theories. But, you know, I believe we have a pretty high retention rate for, like, I think the normal. I read recently that in a normal, you know, normal person, normal job, every two years they're they're going somewhere else. I know heads of schools we average five years. You know, so what what's roughly our our longevity
1: is uh, it averages seven years for an NCSY professional, and I think in the nonprofit world it's two to three years on average wow. that people are staying with an organization. So I think that's
0: that's amazing. Uh, yeah. It says a lot about the work. I think I think it has a lot to do with the work that we do, which is very meaningful, but also the support. Um, I know we're trying to increase that, you know, that, that range, um, you know, with more support in leadership and development and growth plans. Um, and, uh, but I, I wanted to ask you, I guess, in all these years, has there been a mentor? Um, has there been a role model for leadership? You know, if there's been a few, is there one that sticks out? Someone that you can share maybe a story or experience?
1: I looked in my early years to the, as a regional director, to the two regional directors who, who I, I felt had, had built Successful organizations in in quite different ways and who are still regional directors. Um, I I look at Sally Friedman in Central East and Glenn Black. Just down the block. Um, Exactly. (laughs) Um, Detroit is a hop, skip, and a jump from Chicago. Um, And Toronto, a hop, skip, and a jump from Detroit.
0: Yeah, actually, I did that drive once.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's not bad. And, you know, I visited the Hockey Hall of Fame with my family. Very nice. It's good stuff. But, Um, so they were they were regional directors they were regional directors back then they were actually their first year as regional directors I think they started the same year was my senior year of high school Um, I met them both when I was senior in high school at National Yerge Kala wow and um, and I remember meeting them these young so they were um, like seven when they were regional directors exactly exactly because they're clearly uh, (laughs) still young young. they they were um, very different in their approaches and I think there is, there's a ton that I learned from both of them. Tzali really built around his cities and, um, and hired people who lived Avas Yisrael. Oh. Um, that, that really comes from Tzali Friedman, the mantra in my mind of talent comes and goes. Um, talent can be layered on top of Ava Yisrael, but the one thing that is non-negotiable is hiring people who genuinely exhibit Ava Yisrael and, um, and, and, uh, so he t- must be very happy with the
0: NCSY way. Um, I, I think at least <laughs> that aspect, yes. And,
1: and I think he's, he's really had so many different iterations now of, of Central East NCSY. Sure. Um, you know, he, like I said, he started, I think in 1993, so it's 30 years oh. that he's leading Cent- I graduated high school. Central East NCSY, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, that was I graduated in '94, so that was my senior year. Was was his first year, and I, I believe that that um, the constant has been hiring people in Cleveland and Detroit and Columbus and Pittsburgh and and Cincinnati who are really um, Ohave Yisrael. Um, so that's definitely been a a uh, a model for me to follow. And Glenn is a builder. He just mm-hmm. He is thinking always steps and steps ahead of not just where do I need to be tomorrow, but where do I be, need to be next year, next three years, next five years, and and what's That's it going to take to make that happen, beginning with the end in mind, and and um, part of taking yourself seriously as a community leader came from, from watching Glenn, who, who there was no dream that was too audacious um, for Glenn, no... Goal that was too ambitious, right? Um, and I, I, think that's um, and that uh,
0: hasn't changed. No, it hasn't. Yeah,
1: the fire, the fire that those two <laughs> leaders still have yeah. um, in their bellies is is uh, it burns strong, and and uh, they're each still leading um, in their own in their own styles.
0: I think also that's a very important point for any any of our staff. Like, reach out to other people in your position, or in a you know, if, if you're not a regional director, reach out to a regional director. Um, I believe any one of them would be happy to share, you know, their experiences and their support. I mean, we are, you know, we're a large organization and yet we're a very small organization. We're still, you know, it's rare to be in an organization that is so, um, like mission driven and, um, and, and, such a positive mission, um, that we all share. So I think that, you know, if you're, if you have a question or, you know, your staff and you're not sure what to do, reach out to somebody. Um, you're likely to get, uh, um, some really great advice. I guess on on that note, you've you've really been around a while. I've been around a while. We have a lot of staff that have been around a while. I want to go back to this is 25 years ago. So this is when I started as a as a staff member of West Coast. The uh, I, th- I don't even remember. I think I was called the Outreach Coordinator. We had like a drop-in center and a Wednesday night. It was a lot of fun. Um, Jonathan Benzekay, do you know Jonathan Benzekay? Sure. So he he's the one he brought me in. Rabbi Dino Lerner was the regional director. They said come as an advisor to a regional. I did. I had a great time. Then they hired me, and um, you know the OU, the OU, which is what we are part of, the Orthodox Union that yeah. we are division of. You know, at that time, I don't think we really knew much about the OU, except you know it was on. on actually, it wasn't even on Oreo cookies at the time. But you know, it was you know it was a kosherist, it was a symbol, it was Heinz you know, ketchup. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, even the national director, we really had nothing much to do with. Um, I couldn't. I, I think I don't even know if I can remember the name back then. Um, but that has changed significantly. Um, the the uh, there's been a big push, and I you know I think appropriate push that you know that we um, that there's a lot more collaboration one between the divisions, but that we are part of a, a very important and large organization that does tremendous work uh, for the Jewish community. And I guess if you can speak to that, because you know we're getting you know we get emails regularly about uh, whether it's professional development or SMART goals. We just got you know from the, like what are the benefits um, and a sort of what are the changes that you've seen as we. Work harder and harder to to support each other as part of this larger ecosystem that's helping the Jewish community. So, I, I like
1: I like studying some of the history of NCSY, which I think is is it's helpful to understand kind of where that that mindset that you had 25 years ago might have come from. Yeah, and really NCSY was um, originally a. Network of regional youth organizations that were sort of banded together under a national banner when NCS1, when the Orthodox Union decided to invest in youth. They invested in youth by creating the National Conference of Synagogue Youth, NCSY.
0: By the way, that's what it stands for for those of you who are <laughs> <Right>? not sure. <laughs> um, we've mostly dropped it
1: because obviously we're no longer just national, we're international, we're no longer just synagogue youth. That is the original name, not council, often mistaken but um, National Conference of synagogue like Youth, and hiring the national director, Rabbi Pinchas Stolper, who was able to bind together these regional youth organizations. So the idea of working with youth started on a regional level, but then it was the Orthodox Union that said, we need to bind these these groups together established so these, these uniform were, standards.
0: These groups were independent of the OU at the time?
1: At the time, they were just individual synagogues Interesting. I did not in know different that. regions of the country who had said, We have a youth program. Um, you know, Kansas City would call Omaha and say, We have a youth program. You have a youth program. Let's get our kids together. Uh, Savannah, Georgia would call Charleston, South Carolina and say, You have a youth program. We have a youth program. Let's get our kids together, and they formed these regional organizations. And then it was Rabbi Stolper who unified them all under um, a national banner, region by region by region. But still, the regional identity was strong, yeah. and and individual regions looked different one from the next. There were uniform standards. So we had palm tree in our logo. Um, I'm sure, sure. right? <laughs> the logos were all different. <laughs> yeah. The the uh, and and the the culture was different. Um, region to region. And um, there were certainly common denominators, but um, the idea that we were all one organization was certainly present, but it wasn't necessarily felt. People knew who Rabbi Stolper was because Rabbi Stolper barnstormed around the country, went to as many regional shabbatones as he could um, in uh, in the early years. Um, At the same time, the idea that that, uh, that we are one organization, I think is more strongly felt today than it was in those years yeah. um, with a common set of values. And that's true, not just within NCSY, but with our parent organization, the Orthodox Union, because why did the Orthodox Union make these investments in the 1950s in NCSY? It's the same answer as to why the Orthodox Union invests in NCSY today, 70, close to 70 years later. Yeah. Um, And the answer is the Orthodox Union mantra of toro mitzvos. This is about ensuring that there is a network of support for Orthodox Jewish life throughout the United States, Canada, and around the world. And that means kosher food, but that also means education and inspiration, and especially when it comes to the youth, ensuring that the the resources are available so that our, our teens feel connected, inspired, empowered. Um, in in uh, in Jewish life, so that's why the OU has invested for close to seventy years in NCSY, and today is bringing more resources to bear than ever before. So the the commitment to Torah mitzvos is now manifest in there are so many programmatic partnerships that we can have um, in the OU yeah, with 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 Yachad, with JLIC, with OU Torah, with with the OU's department for community projects and partnerships, as well as the support and the back end operationally to say, you know, the world's a lot more complicated today than it was in 1954 right. when NCSY was founded. So the IT support and the HR support and the um, and the the legal and insurance and facilities, et cetera, all of those things need to be thought of in a more Sophisticated way than they were then, and the degree of support that the OU is providing is uh, substantially greater right. than it was and then.
0: I, I also think, and I, you know, I, I don't think this is we should, this shouldn't be an oversight. The millions and millions of of dollars that go to support, you know, the NCISY division, um, you know, the carso tove that we should have for that um, should be tremendous, uh, because if we didn't have it, you know, we would be having to fundraise. More and more and more, and probably would not be possible. Um, so this, you know that that's always been there, and it it always increases. Um, but also, you're right. There's so much more that's happening, and you know, in 2023, and in the large the the scope in which our organization exists, we need all of that other support. Um, uh, so I, I hope it's appreciated. Uh, but with that, and I, I guess you know this is this is one of my last questions. You know, I I've I've had the pleasure as in this new world to start talking with regional directors, some who've been around, as you said, a while, and you know may have been around when uh, there was less structure, right, and there was it was more regional, less national, uh, and you know I, I have found I I really believe that almost every leader in organization is truly here for the mission. You know they they didn't come from corporate America, they weren't a CEO of some um, some uh, you know uh, for profit uh, company. They're here because they believe in uh, inspiring Jewish teens. So with that, there's their struggle. There's struggle as more and more structure comes into play that is necessary, and there's struggle with there's more and more policies and there's more and more, um, you know, there's the the performance reviews and smart goals, all things that we see in corporate America, all things that are meant to be helpful and meant to help us grow. Um, And yet, how do we ensure that our leaders and our staff stay inspired for our mission when there is more and more? Uh, things that are put in place that are not really aligned with the mission. Although if you really think about it, you realize it's going to help you do a better job and it's going to help you reach more kids. And, um, but it's a struggle because it's not sitting in front of a, you know, a latte and learning and teaching Torah. It's sitting in front of a a desk with paperwork that has to get done. And how do we stay inspired?
1: So, I mean, some of that I see as my responsibility um, to, to ensure that um, we're not burdening the educators in the organization with doing things that are so far afield from education. And I recognize that the more complex the world gets and the more these systems and procedures are necessary for the world and for NCSY and for the OU, then the more it can feel like a burden. So I, I do see it as my responsibility, though, to, um, to help structure the organization so that um, educators can educate and the people who gravitate more towards procedure um, can can deal with the procedural things. Um, we're not there yet. It's a struggle because w- the, the job of a regional director has become more procedural today right. than it was a decade ago. And that's just because the world has needed it to become that way but I feel like we need to swing the pendulum back. The, right, a the, lot
0: of those regional directors, I mean, they started off as city director, advisors, like they, they were, they're here, they're mission driven 100%, and now they're in roles that require a lot more procedure.
1: Um, correct, so the idea is how, how can we better support them so that people who are operations focused can be handling those procedural things and the regional directors who are educating and building um, can educate and build. I see fundraising as going hand-in-hand hand with education and building. That's the job well, of a Rosh It always has yeah. been.
0: And 90% of fundraising, and I, I say this to I mean, not, and I'm not a fundraiser by any means, but I've had to, it's relationship building. It truly is. I mean, the the check gets written with ease if the relationship is there. And I think uh, that's very really important.
1: Um, and, and having an educational vision, which is also right. being an educator, right? That That I have something compelling to present to you about what the world could look like with your help. Yes. That is, um, I, I'm not looking to uh, to take that off a regional director's plate or a city director's plate, but I am looking. Um, I think it's a challenge that we all have um, in running the organization to ensure that more of the administrative and procedural things um, are, are, are handled by people who ha- have focus on administration and procedure. I like it. There are uh, people
0: that actually like that. Uh, correct. <laughs> I don't know, who um, they are. and many of
1: them uh, even work for the organization already. Yes. yes. Um. And and can can handle more. Maybe we need to hire more, um, people like that who can handle the administrative duties. So, uh, part of my answer to your question is, um, regional directors who, or city directors who are feeling like uh, there's too much procedure in my job. Part of my answer is I agree with you. Let's figure out how to, yeah. s- not not cast those things aside because they do have to get done, but to cast those things to somebody else's plate, how do we structure that the smartest way, the, the right way? That's definitely um, something I'm grappling with with the national management team in, yeah. in terms of how we prepare NCSY for the next decade. But part of the answer in terms of your question of how do you stay inspired is, is a commitment to lifelong growth ourselves that we, we – We need our own rebbeim. We need our own chavrusas. We need our own. um, We need to feed our own souls because it's not possible to just give and give and give and not replenish our own spiritual energy. And that's that's um, that's part of what being part of cohorts that that professional cohorts that are committed to growth that can provide chizuk and inspiration. Um, Going to shiurim, having chavrusas that can provide. Chizuk and inspiration, I think, and I think we need we need all of that.
0: Yeah. So I don't know who 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 said this to me once, but I or I read it somewhere. But I think it's important. That a lot of us, right? Like I was a teacher for many years, and I was teaching Torah, and I thought, oh, I'm look how my, I had to prepare so much. I had I was learning so much Torah, but the reality was I wasn't, and because I wasn't learning it for me. I was learning it to teach. And a lot of us in NCSY we're we're prepare for Shabbat prepare for our programs, but that's not for just for us, that's for others. I think to be able to give time, whether it's learning Torah, Shiram or, or other activities that inspire you, um, has to be done for you solely. Um, and I guess I'll, I'll move to the last part, cause you said it to, you know, to talk about LEAD. That, uh, you know, LEAD, like I said, it's been a program started a few years back, um, Rabbi Rockoff was the one who, I think, began it, and uh, I know Mashi Polstein was heavily involved, and Yoni Coleman was heavily involved, and brought it to where we are today, which is, I think, very exciting, although we're going to see because we haven't started, um, is that, you know, LEAD was always a program that, you know, had a select few people that were going to help grow, and this year, it's expanding to almost whether you're from zero or just starting to, you know, uh, to you know, the number two in the organization, um, it's opening up to have uh, staff throughout the entire organization from lead being from zero to two years, and then there's gonna be a cohort from years three to five, and then there's after six, and then there's an executive leadership for those who are, you know, the associate regional directors, which is very exciting. Uh, And that is, you know, one, to do with uh, LEAD as a program that's been part of NCSY for many years and has been built up. Um, I said this to Yoni Coleman. I said, you know, I believe that what I'm doing in facilitating LEAD and, um, you know, moving it forward is I'm doing it on the shoulders of giants. And I, I feel um, I feel it's very special and I want to honor mm-hmm. the work that's been done in the past. And now that we're working closely with, um, with the OUHR uh, and to be able to expand that professional development is Tremendous, you know. There's like you said, like we get a lot of funding from the OU, and there's a lot of fundraising that happens at NCSY, but we are limited in what we can do. And this year, we are sort of jumping over that limitation and saying we're not. We, you know, we don't only have to focus on a handful of people. We really can open it up to the entire uh, uh, team of people that work with uh, Jewish teens. So that's extremely exciting. And I guess you know, I'd love to hear like, you know, what benefit do you see for someone to take? Uh, advantage of this opportunity?
1: So, I I mean, I think this is an exciting next step in terms of the development of professional development investment in our staff. The vision has always been that we want everybody in the organization growing professionally, gaining meaningful skills that they're aware of what they're working on, their manager is aware of what they're working on, and the organization is providing resources to invest in the work that they're doing. Uh, We all need to grow if we're gonna take that next step, even in, within our current roles, even if it's not to change jobs, but even to be as successful as we potentially could be in our current roles. And certainly if we have aspirations to have a broader impact um, in a different role. So I'm, I'm very excited about the, the uh, I'm excited about the past, but even more excited about the future of what what lead could be. Um, in addition to the investment from OUHR, there have been donors that have invested now in this realm yep. as well. That that uh, um, there's a family in Chicago that's that's funding part of Lead. There's a family in in Maryland that's funding part of this broad initiative of Lead, and it's it's uh, it's exciting to see that the the community is committed to investing in in the growth of our staff. So I, I'm I'm excited about what it means to be part of a cohort. People who opt in are getting. Um, they're basically raising their hands and saying, I self-identify as somebody who wants to grow and develop. I'm committed to my growth. I want to hang out with other people who are committed to their growth. That can be contagious um, in addition to the raw skills that, that, uh, that will actually be worked on and developed through participation in the group.
0: Right. I mean, I, I've been in a lot of professional development experiences in my life, and I've learned a lot, um, and I have plenty more to learn. But to your point, um, the greatest thing that I gained out of those experiences are the people that I learned with, um, whether it was my colleagues or whether it was my mentors. You know, those are, those are people and experiences I will take with me uh, in every meeting I have uh, for the rest of my life. And so I want to continue building that, and I, I hope that Everyone that's, you know, able to be part of these cohorts joins um, because this this year is going to be a very, very special year for leadership and development for our organization. Um, it's clear to me from you, from the organization, from HR, from you, that we care about our staff. And um, it doesn't mean everything's always perfect. It doesn't mean that there aren't challenges. Um, but... There are people here that are leading the organization like you that say, you know what, we want to make sure that we take care of you and that we help get you through those challenges and uh, build you up um, to kind of go in full circle, just like with the teenagers, um, to reach your full potential. Um, so I thank you for uh, your time and I thank you for your leadership and, um, you know, upward and onward.
1: Um, exactly. I mean, I appreciate it. Uh um, the, the chance to speak to, with you about this and, and uh, appreciate the, the leadership role that you're taking and making and, and taking lead to the next level. Thank you. Um, thank you.